welcome to the Bosses Fuck podcast, a no bullshit, no sugarcoating guide and discussion for female entrepreneurs and those who want to learn how to be boss in life and in business. I'm your host, Katie Seller, and I'm currently building my empire, which includes helping other women to be successful, break barriers, and live life on their own terms. So that's what we're here to do today. You ready, babe? Let's fucking do this. Hey, hey, babes. We are back. Um, If you noticed, this is now episode 12. There was no episode on Sunday. Um, You can probably still hear it. Um, I still don't sound great and I'm still sick. Uh, Thursday, well, Wednesday through Saturday were the worst. Um, I was basically in bed in and out of bed that whole day, those days sleeping and basically got up to eat and just making breakfast was like killer. So I basically slept a lot, which is great. My body probably needed it, obviously. Um, but I'm still, I'm still dealing with it. Um, we're living in the fricking future. Uh, I FaceTimed with a doctor on Sunday and just wanted to like get an opinion if I should go to the doctor or, you know, whatever and discuss what was going on. And, you know, she told me basically, no, it's just a thing. They've been seeing this cold last for like two weeks, which I'm like, that's really, really annoying. Um, or the cough at least. And I have a cough drop in and if all else fails, I'll throw on another cause I don't want to cough into your ear because let me tell you, it's not great. Um, but it was really cool. She prescribed me like meds to my local fem- uh, pharmacy and I paid 10 bucks and like, bam, it was amazing. Like, God, that was a really easy doctor's appointment. Didn't have to go to the doctor and wait and sit around the waiting room and other sick people. And, oh, it was great. But we're not here today to talk about that. <laughs> um, I can't laugh too deeply right now. Otherwise, I will start coughing. So I'm going to do my best to not do that. Um, you know, what I really wanted to talk to you today about, you know, I'm sitting here and scrolling Facebook and you know, I'm staring at yet another article of a big box retailer that's filing bankruptcy in the ever-growing e-commerce world that we live in. And, you know, this one was Toys R Us, you know, a store from our childhood is going bankrupt. And then another popped up today, and it's Claire's, a store from our teenage years (laughs) is also going bankrupt um, and closing. And it's it's nuts, you know, um, it's, it is weird, you know, to see stores that like you grew up with that are going out of business. But I mean, truth of the matter is it's happened forever. You know, it's, it's not necessarily a new thing. It's just now it's on a much larger scale because there's so many more now like big corporations compared to when they're, you know, when our parents were children and when businesses went out of sale, it was like mom and pop stores or, you know, smaller things that it wasn't on such a grand scale. But this, you know, here's why this deserved an episode. (laughs) Um, I am frustrated as hell at these articles that follow the announcement, you know, of their bankruptcy or closing or what have you, and to see who or what these companies blame for their failure. You know, yesterday was Claire's announcement and their blaming of the dying shopping mall, which is true, but we'll get to that. You know, and today it's Toys R Us and they're blaming us millennials for not having as many kids. 
which is true. We're not, but we'll get to that also. So here's the thing. It sucks. Yes. You know, I'm sure people at all levels of the company are dealing with the grievance of the fact that the company that they love and possibly have worked for for years is folding. However, I think from the top down, blaming outside sources is inaccurate. Not fully, obviously. I think there are a lot of outside factors to attribute to it, but not to blame. So let's start with looking at like Claire's, though they're not the first to make this claim. It's a frequent thing that people are blaming the dying shopping mall, which is partly accurate. Malls are no longer the place that teens go to hang out in their spare time. I couldn't tell you the last time I was actually, actually, I could tell you when I was, it was when my friend Maria was visiting and we just went to go walk around and check out the mall that's right near me where I moved because I had yet to be in it and I haven't been back since. And before that, I couldn't really tell you the time that I've actually like spent time in the mall. You know, outside boutique type malls tend to get the favoritism due to, you know, it's open nature. Um, you know, it's more airy, it's more open, it's more relaxed, it's more Instagrammable, <laughs> more than a giant enclosed mall with shitty fluorescent lighting and not always the best selection of stores or even food court options to keep you lingering. Because let's be honest, the food in a mall is solely there to keep you there longer. Um, and the selection's not always that great. Um, but I can't help but think that that excuse is a crutch for not changing in the face of wide-swept change in the retail landscape. You know, like Apple stores, which they don't only really sell, you know? They offer help and classes and workshops and this immersive experience that goes beyond their product. And that goes, I mean, back to company-wise. And, you know, I will mention it in an upcoming um, blog post. You guys had said you want to find out my, like, top 10 or my top favorite books and things like that. And I mentioned Simon Sinek's TED Talk. He has a book also, which I did read, but the TED Talk is, like, my favorite thing. Um, and it starts with their their company philosophy and philosophy in general and their why and how they tell their why. And that goes all the way down to the level of retail stores, you know, the retails are actually the focus of the store, they want you to touch the product they sell and get immersed in it that way. And basically how it can help you, which leads into the classes and the workshops to not only like, show how these products can better your life. But also like, how good their product is, like what it can do for you and like how you can grow because of it. So, you know, it's a much more like experiential shopping. Um, and even too, I mean, if you want to look at somebody who started on the internet is Warby Parker, who has, you know, the take home, you get basically the at home try ons, they send you the glasses. Well, they've taken that to, a try on situation in storefronts, which, you know, are mostly not reliant on malls and traffic and more of the boutique strip sh strip mall like type setting. And basically bringing what's so great about their internet shopping to a store. 
So it's backwards that, of course, the other stores that have been around for longer of having to, they started brick and mortar and having to figure out how to jump into the, you know, internet age of shopping. And trust me, I rack my brain daily wondering how I can bring the Metal Marvels experience to an in-person type thing because I think it would be so cool. I just haven't haven't really figured out the like I don't know the like the the linchpin in it the like the one thing that's like that will make it you know that better experience so you know no light bulbs yet but I'm I'm still still figuring that out but the fact of the matter is is people don't want to go into a store where the associates would rather be on their phone than help them um and or make even a minimal effort they want an attractive, well-branded, customer-focused store that's more immersive than just shelves on a wall. And especially, you know, some of these companies, and you can see, I mean, a lot of their offerings have not updated since back when we were teens, because I could go into, you know, that store today, and it's a lot of the same stuff. Sure, some things have changed because, like, of course, now, you know, with cell phones, there's, like, little toy cell phones or whatever it is, but the overall look, feel, everything hasn't changed. Um, and, you know, the Claire said that, um, this was a quote from an article I read, that they said, this decline may be attributable to several factors, including competition from big box retail stores, large tenant closer, closures, leaving malls without an anchor tenant to drive foot traffic, and the increased popularity of online shopping. They also said that its piercing, ear-piercing services are a unique offering that can't be replicated online. Which obviously, <laughs> yes, please don't watch a video and pierce your ears. However, you cannot have a company that's only rooted in your earpiece, ear-piercing being your flagship. And I mean, you can have an ear-piercing store, um, but it's more than likely going to be like an extremely immersive, cool, interactive space that's like, you know, and, and a company that's in reality, like makes it about more than just the ear piercing. And let's be honest, like there's so many other places you can go for that. Like just atmosphere wise, a lot of people choose to go to a tattoo parlor that has a piercer over going to Claire's, you know, because of the atmosphere and and things like that, and the, this, like, training, you know, whatever. But, so, like, what didn't they do is what I want to focus on. So, I think in reality, they didn't pivot when the horizon looked dark and fucking cloudy. You know, these changes have been coming forever, and when they saw that things were changing, they didn't really take action at all at least from what you could see as a customer. You know, of course, we don't know the insides of the company, but from what you can view as a customer, you can see that nothing changed. Um, so then I want to take a look at two is at Toys R Us. So this one made me laugh today. They're closing or selling, you know, each of its more than like 700 locations, which is crazy. So many locations, you know, and... However, like this, you know, the company in this like most recent annual filing, so like company reports, they cite that the 
<laughs> that the declining birth rate was the threat to sales. Birth rates, guys, come on. You know, not competitors, not the market. It blames birth rates. And while, yes, like, birth rates have gone down since, like, 2008, um, especially among us badass millennial women. Hey! (laughs) And, you know, that's because a lot of us are choosing to either pursue educations or careers before families and relationships because we know that there's so much more to us than just those things. And, you know, of course, we choose not to live by societal mundane ancient ideas. It's not something that we subscribe to anymore. So, yes, obviously, birth rates have gone down. But I felt that that was an extremely odd thing to say, because I figured they'd pull the usual blame on Amazon, online shopping, etc. And there have been a few mentions of it. But... I see it as like a way too late to the game type deal. When Amazon exploded, they chose to sell through Amazon. And it seems like a good idea, right? But this was this was their step to take before putting their own resources into figuring out the internet thing for themselves. And I think this was a huge miss on their part. Huge. You know, I would never put my eggs in the Amazon basket without being a brand first. When you're shopping on there, like, can you, I mean, more often than not, do you ever look at where you're actually buying it from? Typically, you look at the item, the price, and if it's prime or not, because you want to know, and of course, the reviews. So you want to know what it is, if it's good, if people like it, what it's going to cost you. And if you have something like honey, you're usually like, oh, it might be cheaper, so I'm going to wait. And then you want to know if it's prime because you want to know how fast you're going to get it. And in reality, that's all you're looking at. No one ever looks at like, oh, it's sold by this person. And and, and obviously they show you first more so things that are sold by Amazon, fulfilled by Amazon, etc. But like in reality, you're not like, oh, this is sold from H&H Bookstore. Can't buy that one. I got to pay $2 more to get the Amazon one. That's not how that works. And we all know it. So... You know, you're basically just throwing your stuff into a saturated marketplace with, you know, no branding in sight except for Amazon's. Let's be honest. And I'm all for Amazon. I shop on it daily. Sometimes I literally forget what I order because I have so many boxes show up. I also sell, which they need to be restocked, but I sell about four of my bangles on there right now. You know, it's another marketplace. It's another place for people to reach my brand. But to basically take your, let's say, internet basket if you want and hand it to Amazon and then, like, you know, wash your hands of it. Not a great idea. So I think it was a terrible idea, you know, and a decision to not instead first focus on revamping their own internet presence. They tried in 2017 when the internet has been around forever. And that's when they chose to make a, try to make a change because there was like a last ditch effort. But in reality, it should have been hap- like that should have been taken care of a long freaking time ago. And I get it. People are scared of change, but we'll get to that. So, Why are we talking about big box retail? 
So, because I think that all of their mistakes are on view for all of us to see as a learning guide. Sure, they've got billions of dollars that are more than you and I do. And sure, they've got giant teams of people that we fucking don't. But you and me are here, currently hustling it out, making money, and surviving We're not making billions. Hashtag I'll get there one day. (laughs) Goals. But any small growth year over year is a huge accomplishment. And these companies that are going down obviously did not have year over year after growth. They were declining. So we're here. We're having growth. Even if it's a small amount, it's still a rad fucking thing that we're still doing it. So Here's what I think that we can learn from them, you know. Well, most importantly (laughs) is pivoting. You know, keep an eye on what's happening in the landscape that affects you. That's big box retail, smaller boutiques that are like especially local to you and what they're doing and see if they have an internet presence, things like that. E-commerce everywhere, Amazon, etc. It all affects you and your brand. Because when change is happening, like, don't be the last person to try it out and get on board because you don't want to end up like them and going out of business. Sure, the ideas or things may fail. Like, for example, a new social media app app blew up a little bit ago for about three days. It was all the rage. I haven't checked it since about those three days. (laughs) And I haven't heard a peep about it. I haven't heard anybody talking about it. But I created an app and started posting to have my presence there just to make sure that we were there, you know, should it end up being the next big thing. So I started this podcast because voice is where it's at right now. And still so many people are not jumping on it. So I wanted to be here, create free content easily accessible content and make sure that I was established before more and more people join in. You have to do that too. You know, don't be afraid to change course or try a new service or a new product offering or new things on your website that can increase the experience for your customer. I want to like say this and sink in. So change is not your enemy. Not changing is your enemy. You know, what works today won't work next year. So you have to move with the flow so you don't get left behind. And sure, not everything is going to work for you. Like I said, some things aren't going to benefit you, but at least you tried it and, you know, basically figured out how it could or could not work for your business. And there's no harm in that. And, you know, even though I mentioned focusing on the wide array of stores, companies, brands, etc., it's also extremely important for you to stay in your own lane and focus on your own shit. And that sounds contradictory, but what I mean is to not micro-focus on your quote-unquote competition. You know, focusing on something so closely to your business will have the opposite effect 
of what focusing on the big box retail, e-commerce, Amazon, etc. that I mentioned. Because you'll be constantly worrying about what they're doing and taking your eye off of your goal. And simply, it'll put you in competitive mode, which literally does nothing for you or your company. The competition is not your problem. It should definitely not be your focus. You know, I may check up on mine once a month or every two months just to sort of gauge where they're at in the landscape of things, but that's all the time they get. I don't spend any more time on them than that because my main focus is my business and my goals and that's it. And lastly, your focus should be on your customer. You know, if if these companies focus on their customer versus just sticking with what worked in 1990, they would have seen that their customer was a completely different person. You know, that their customer wanted different things out of shopping. Like, could you imagine how fun and interactive Toys R Us could have been if they kept up with shit? Like, oh my god, I see like, in this world of like Instagram, I see so many interactive displays and like Instagrammable shit that kids, because you don't know they got phones, you know, want to take and post pictures of. And there's just oh, there's so many ideas for Toys R Us. <laughs> but you have to do the same for yourself, you know. Create shit that they want to share and will love to wear and use, etc. You know, create Instagrammable packaging or inserts, you know. Focus on that experience. As much as we don't think big box retail has to do with us, it does. Pay attention. Learn from their mistakes. You know, don't just brush by these articles that are floating around the internet. Take time to read them. See what the business is saying from their standpoint of why they're failing. Read those and soak that shit in. And then grow with the change that is happening. And don't be afraid to embrace new things. You know, the fear of change literally is the kill, a business killer. It really is. You know, it just might be the next big thing and you don't want to be left out of it. And you certainly don't want to be too late to the game. I want to thank you so much for sticking with me while I've been sick and waiting since there was no, you know, episode on Sunday and sitting here listening to this voice because it's ridiculous. And um, I really appreciate it. And make sure you come follow me too on Instagram. I love connecting with you guys. Um, And then I will have a new blog post out soon with my favorite books. So you can shop and get some of those. And then I will see you right back here on Sunday. Bye, babes. Thank you so much for listening today. If you loved this episode, I would love it if you would leave a review on iTunes so more babes can find our podcast. And do not forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. Do you want more Bosses Fuck? You can follow us on Instagram at Bosses Fuck Podcast or for even more, head to bossesfuck.com. Don't forget to join me back here next week for a brand new episode. And remember, always be boss as fuck.